The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with the great Canadian Fred Zinke. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Welcome back from vacation. Is that a vacation shirt that you're wearing? It is. It is. Woo. Wow, that's awesome. It's like it's almost like Sing first day. Yeah. I was gonna say it's like uh, like kids on the first day back to school after Christmas when you have to wear something new that you got for Christmas on the first day of school, like your first day back on the air, and you got to wear wear some vacation clothes today. Absolutely. Non-humble brag. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there you go. Yeah, absolutely what it was. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it went to Turks and Caicos. It was awesome. It was relaxing. It was beautiful. It was warm. Food was copious. Drinks were as well. And now it's, but I'm eager to be back. And I missed baseball. Uh, I missed the routine. I'm happy to do this. And my God, step right into it. Hey, baseball's going crazy here, Fred. Uh, right as we started the Sirius XM show today, Major League Baseball officially announced their new rules cracking down on uh, the, the enhancing substances for pitchers on the baseball. Uh, you don't want to say, I guess it is performance enhancing again, performance enhancing gear for pitchers this time, although pitchers could use steroids too. Uh, and it's big stuff here. It's, you know, it's not just, okay, you know, spider tech, it's anything basically on the ball, the, the, yep. the sunscreen, the rosin, you know, anything, resin even. Resin, rosin, pine tar, you name it. Um, if you can put on a ball and it's not one of the, like three substances allowed, you're out of luck. Better not uh, do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the punishments are interesting. You know, the, if you get caught, you still get paid, mm-hmm. um, but, you, but you tarnish your reputation. And we know that matters to players. Um, and you miss 10 games, which for a starter, you know, is probably two trips through the rotation. Maybe they could jig the rotation a bit so you only miss one trip, um, right? And have you have one spot start or something. I think it's 10 days. Is, am I, am I, I think I read it's 10 days, not 10 games. I um, think you're correct about that. That's um, really, really interesting. Like for you ever wonder, like if certain pitchers could be like, Hey, I'm looking ahead on our schedule. I'd only have to miss one start. Maybe I'll just go for it today. Right. Uh, I, I don't know, but um, you know, and I thought that the news that the team can't replace you, 
on the yeah. active roster is that's a significant thing. I mean, we know that they can play with their bullpen and if they need a replacement starter from you, they just send a reliever down one day, call a guy up from AAA, he pitches for you. They send him down the next day, call a different reliever up from AAA and they can just work it that way. But still, it's a little more of a punishment for the organization. I think that's interesting that maybe they're putting a little more pressure on the organizations to say, hey, if you have some cheating pitchers in your ranks, maybe you want you want to take a little more vested interest in in, in getting them uh, straightened out. But from a fantasy perspective, like I, I joked when I sent you the show notes, like get ready to hear next February and next March on all these podcasts and, uh, you know, and in all our writings after the middle of June, pitcher X had a cer- certain ERA and a certain whip. Why wait till then? We're going to have it like in two we weeks. We're going to, you know, you know, people, you know, the way we are, we're all immediate. We want to have, yeah. we want, Oh, we got some data. Let's make something out of it here. Uh, yeah. But thing is, Joe Sheehan did this, and I'm going to have him, by the way. Uh, we're going to record Wednesday night for Thursday's podcast. He's going to be my guest this week. He had a pretty good uh, newsletter talking how he's comparing the jump from and hitting stats uh, from you know April and May to June in 2019 and all the way back to 2016, by the way, versus this year and seeing how, like, how much OPS plus gain there has been because it, you always improve in June. Weather's nicer. You know, pitchers have worn down a little bit, maybe a little, uh, you know, People, you know, hitters have gotten their rep, whatever the reason may be, you know, there's usually a good spike and it goes all the way until August where it peaks and then it kind of trails off again as it gets colder. Uh, so, yeah, it's not just that it's improved. It's by how much versus other seasons. Yeah. That, and that, that's the way you have to look at it because you have to try to f- try to factor out everything else, you know, that could be a variable, uh, like you said, weather and everything. And then you're left with maybe pitchers changing the grip that they're, they're you know the substances they're using on the baseball how about this do you think i was thinking about this today if if you were drafting tomorrow how far would trevor bauer fall i feel like he's kind of the him and garrett cole seem to be kind of the poster boy for this although really that's just the tip of the iceberg we know that but bauer hasn't been as effective as past couple starts mm-hmm. a lot of people a lot of people believe that he you know made the switch to using uh, substances on the ball last season and then took off. And I'd be interested to know if we were drafting, if he did a draft tomorrow, how much later he would go, like how many drafters would say, I'm just not sure if he's going to go back to being the high three ZRA Trevor Bauer that he was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Last we'll see. four starts have been kind of, you know, know, starting on May 26th against Houston. He was okay. in that one, I think I just chalked that up to being Houston, but yeah. you know, three homers against the Cardinals. Uh, and on May 31st, uh, the start against Atlanta, three three runs, no homers at least, but four walks. Did he have seven Ks in six innings? Last start, he got shelled by the Rangers, although he did strike out eight. Uh, good question. I, you know, Chris and I were talking about that. How do you make this actionable? What what do we do? Is right. it just sell high on Bauer, sell high on Cole, sell high on maybe like Darvish or Reds pitchers, Astros pitchers, you know, teams that have emphasized spin. You know, they, mm-hmm. there is a Spincinnati theme, so that, mm-hmm. that could be one. But what are you going to get for that? I mean, you I can't know. not have an ace. You're you're a Bauer guy. You've got him in labor. Are you, or do you, Hold you on. still have uh, him? Tout Wars. Tout Wars, I have Tout him. Tout Wars, you have him. That's Hold right. You've on. got snaked on him in, in labor. In labor. Just by yeah. pick. That's right. Hold on for dear life is, I think, your plan with guys like that. Because as you said, like, if you're not going to get 100% or even close to 100% value for them, like, so you can make like a challenge trade where you just offer someone yeah. Bauer for someone who's just a little lower than Bauer on the pitcher totem pole right now. But like, 
like they'll probably say no. And right. so if you're not going to make a challenge trade, then I think you just hold on for dear life and hope that these last few starts were unrelated to ball spin or, or, or that he figures things back out if he has to make some adjustments and the Dodgers are smart. And, and I think with all the other pitchers, like there's just like, there's so many variables with starting pitchers, like their upcoming schedule and their recent schedule and how their arms feeling and all these things like isolating it to like, I got to trade this one guy because I think that he's not going to be able to use substances and it's not going to make him as effective. Like just isolating to one guy, like, I don't know. I, I can't think of a situation where I would do that. Can you, would you buy low on Bauer right now? Would you offer someone less and be like, Hey, I need a discounted ace. I'll go for Bauer. That's, that's an angle. I hadn't thought about mm, that. That's yeah. actually not a bad play. Um, yeah, but what are you offering? Okay. Uh, you know, cause we always do this sort of analysis here. Um, are you offering, no, I'm not going to go, I don't want to insult you by saying Luis Castillo. Uh, let's let's go with someone who, who who's next tier down. Corbin Burns for Trevor Bauer. Which side do you want on that? Because Burns is a spin guy too. He is. I'll just take Bauer. I think because I see. Oh, see. So my thing on maybe trying to get Bauer would be not a starter for starter challenge trade. It would be more like a I need an ace. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to have to pay for Garrett Cole. I don't want to have to pay for what Bauer would have cost me a month ago. But maybe now I can get Bauer for the same price as I could get. I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone, uh, Carlos Rodon, or something like that. And then you, you're like, hey, I'll go for Bauer because if if he rebounds from these this little downturn, right, right, like mm -hmm. like maybe you can get an, a first around one two turn level starting pitcher. Cause that's what he was on the Memorial day drafts. Maybe yeah. I can get, a, I can get that level of starting pitcher. If I could get him for say like a round four price tag, um, like compared to what you'd normally pay for a round four pitcher, then I think that would be an interesting play, especially because now we're in a situation at this point in the year, I feel like we're into the dog days of fantasy baseball season. Like, um, I think, I think we almost transitioned to there while you were in Turks and Caicos. We started at the dog days where April and May is like a lot of enthusiasm and guys who are slow starters and you're like, right. Oh, he'll, co he'll come around. The injuries will even out. Now we're starting to see where you have a few good days and you don't really move much in the standings. Yeah. Right. And you're like, what the heck? Yes. Yeah, and right. you're like, and then you start to recognize like, Oh, climbing out of this hole is going to take a while. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of Sundays of good fab work before I could, you know, I'm not going to just nail one pickup and then all of a sudden flip my season. Like I think we've hit the dog days now where it bold moves become possible. And mm -hmm. let's say your pick pitching is languishing, but you don't have the hitting to trade Freddie Freeman for an ace. Or, so, or Vlad Guerrero for an ace or something like that. Like maybe you drop down a little bit and you're like, hey, I'll try it. I'll try an underpriced Bauer. If it doesn't work out, if he keeps going five and a third, three runs, then it just didn't work out and whatever, there goes my season. But I'll try him. I'll try a discounted Bauer. And, uh, you know, maybe you give George Springer's coming back. Maybe you give a, a George Springer for Bauer and you say, I'll see what I get from Bauer. Maybe I maybe I strike gold because it is it does yeah. get to be it does get to be bold moves time in kind of June and July. Like August is kind of late for bold moves time unless you're like really in the hunt. Yeah, I I think that's right. Um, and hey, people start taking their summer vacations. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I I did put in my bids in every single league. Good. Uh, you know, I did I spend as much time on them? No, I did not. I tried to go cheap this week. Is what I tried to do actually. Yeah. I didn't see any, you know, I could have gone aggressively after Sam Long, for instance, I suppose. Mm 
did you go after Sam Long? I, I put in competitive bids to finish second or third and Sam on Sam Long in every way. Yeah. And I and I did. I finished second or third on actually I don't even think I even finished second. Great success. Game. Yeah. Right. I, I think I finished probably third or fourth, but I put in the like twenty dollars, thirty dollars, um, and I didn't get them anywhere. Uh, I know what you mean about when you're on vacation. I think it's also good because you have a partner for some of your teams. And I think that's also, this is a, this is the time of year where having a partner, I think is also really helpful. You know, some weeks, some weeks you're away, some weeks he's away, or just maybe not away away, but just really busy on the weekend, kids sports, Mm -hmm. barbecue, something, and then don't have quite as much time. So I think that's all really valuable, but this wasn't a big spending weekend. I think for a lot of people, I, I think long was, kind of it I, I bought i got fraley in a league where i spent a bit to get jake mm-hmm. fraley but but overall it was it was single digit or or maybe the teens for most of the guys i grabbed sure. so i think we were in line this weekend yeah i think yeah. i think that's that's right and mm-hmm. hopefully you know but you know you never know sometimes that that, that three dollar contingency mm-hmm. bid turns out to be a regular player for you you never know sometimes yep. like that was a way for me for dylan moore really uh, with the mariners last year in al tout wars yeah, I was like, okay, he's playing. So I'll throw a bit on him, maybe a little higher than others because he's just playing every day or playing mm-hmm. nearly every day. But I didn't have any, like, special insight that he was going to be good last year, yep. you know, but turned out to be a very important part of my team. Uh, yeah, but that, that, I was going to say that's the, that's really the key to all these fab leagues is finding these. Adelise Garcia has been a steal, but he, he, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't expensive in a lot of leagues. If you got in early on him, you right. could have grabbed him for less than 20 bucks and and he's been a steal like maybe in a league where he just went out no one was in on him and then he went a little later and then he went for triple digits but it's just streaming these pitchers through your lineup three bucks here 12 bucks here and hopefully you find a guy at some point um you know and and that guy can be in your lineup for a couple months or maybe the whole season it like that's really the key like everybody can throw down the 300 250 bid a couple times a year but it's it's just grinding away those guys for 30 bucks or less and hoping that some of them turn out. That's that's really the key, I think, to winning a lot of these leagues. 100% agree. And, you know, it's so funny. Like, Razzlam, we have monthly bid, or not not even monthly. It's just two bids, two bidding periods total. Mm-hmm. You know, Garcia was available in mine. He went for, like, 600 But other than right. that, yeah, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, so that that's funny how that works out. But, yeah, so it, it's difficult. Now, a couple other things. You know, you mentioned that uh, the – Teams can't replace the player. Now keep in mind, they get 26 spots. Teams totally. are carrying 14 pitchers anyhow. Yeah. I a lot of this is crying wolf for me. I think this is, you know, managers have to be more efficient how they use their relievers. I mean, I I, I kind of like cry me a river. Now, if they have three guys they lose and all of a sudden they're down three, okay, yeah. then we're then we're talking. Now we can we can make ourselves a stew here. But uh otherwise, I'm a little less than sympathetic about the lack of flexibility because I think they have more than they've ever had before. Uh, so that, that's it. The other thing is, did you see like the managers, you can, uh, the managers can get punished if they do not challenge in good faith. That's one of the little things. Oh, so like oh, they're trying not. to interrupt the pitcher's rhythm. They actually have to have an actionable reason to go get the, go have the pitcher checked out. Like they have to okay. have a reason for their suspicion. And if it's judged, like there's nothing there at all, or the umpire can choose not to even check the pitcher out or, you know, and, the, and, and if, they do check and there's not, you know, if, if they do find that there is no reason to do it, they can even eject the manager too. So, or if the manager's been ejected, someone else who's the acting fielding manager, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, it can be some fines and suspensions for that too. So, although I kind of think like, did you have good faith? Oh yeah. Yeah. You had good faith. Okay. Moving on. Nothing to see here. 
I, I guess it's fair, really, with all the news stories out that like 70% or whatever pitchers are using this stuff. I think yeah. just randomly picking, checking someone, you can be like, well, I have it in good faith. Did you guys read the article where it said 70% of them? I got a 70% chance that I'm right here. So yeah. Go, yeah. go ahead and give it a shot. But I think then also the umpires can check them themselves if if the ump sees something. I, I think I read that the umps were supposed to check them once or twice to start and once in a relief appearance or something to uh, to really crack down on this. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if players are bold enough to keep trying mm-hmm. and see if they get caught or if this or if the players just say, I'm not taking the, the suspension like this. I'll just I know what you mean. I don't feel bad about the teams totally for having to lose a roster spot. What it'll do is if the pitcher misses two starts. If yeah. you want to keep the same amount of relievers or close to the same amount of relievers. So if you're going to call up starters from AAA, you'll almost have to use two different ones. Use one for the first start and then if and then send him down so you can get a reliever back up and then use a different one for the second start and then send him down and get a reliever back up. So it won't let you unless you want to bring a reliever up for that first start and keep him up for the second one. But I could see teams trying to have the starter miss one start, especially if they have a day off in there. Missed one start in the middle and either have a bullpen day or, or something right. in there. Yeah. So, we'll so the see, other but. thing in the angle is I've seen more, more discussion on, you know, starters and less on relievers, mm-hmm. but what if you got a closer who gets caught in the ninth inning of a save chance booted from the game, your best setup guys gone, your best two setup guys are probably already used in the game because the way they get day's games, man, this day's games manage how to, the way the game is managed, these, managed days. these days. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Talk much, shit. Uh, you know, it, it's all of a sudden you're kind of held. Now I think it's actually more punitive, and being without your closer for ten days can be a big deal too. Oh, I would gladly lose one of my starters, even one of the good ones, for the ten days. I think before I lose a closer, because if you're yeah. in fantasy, if you're losing an ace, then his team's probably going to work it so he only misses the ten days and comes right back in the rotation because they're going to want to maximize his usage. So. I would rather, and the way closers are, I actually a great, not to just plug all Rotowire content today, but the mm-hmm. Sunday night podcast um, with Scott that, that you missed yesterday, or well, I listened to it yesterday, Monday morning. Um, they talked about how hard it has been to get saves this year because so many teams are using closer committees. Like yeah. if you lose your closer for 10 days, you, you probably can't replace him. I can replace a starter with just a crummier starter. Yeah. I can't replace my closer unless his team pivots to another guy for sure. And you can pick him up quickly. Depends what day yeah. of the week. Depends what day of the week the closer gets suspended. If your closer gets suspended on a Tuesday, well, by the time you get to Sunday, you've already wasted most of the time. But And a lot of these teams, you know what they're going to say. Oh, we've lost you know Liam Hendricks for 10 days. Oh, we're using a committee for 10 days. We'll just use it. We'll mix and match. We'll see. Like, I don't think managers, the way it's been going this year, I don't think managers are going to come out and say, Hey, we're using this guy for the next 10 days. He's our closer. That's not not what teams have been doing when relievers are hurt this year or underperforming. They, they go straight to the non-committal committee, non-committal committee. And, uh, I don't think you're going to find saves. I I do not want to lose one of my closers to this suspension. So, yeah. And teams. I mean, too, I mean, you know, just think if you're in the middle of that, uh, you're in the middle of a, a save chance, you know, all yeah. of a sudden, maybe that's why, you know, and that's why they institute that uh, rule about, you know, has to have a meritorious challenge, basically. And it's because you can see managers like, hey, I got a chance to get rid of this closer. Let's yeah. do it. You know, especially yeah. one of the elite ones. 
And you got to think about that a little bit. Well, more. thinking they've got no one warming up. You know, the closer comes in, maybe mm-hmm. maybe gives up like a leadoff single, and then the manager's like, "Bam, this is my time. I'm going to challenge it. I, if I get him, we get a we get a cold guy who had to warm up fast in. We already got a runner on base. Like we could steal this game. Like let's do this. They got or in the extra or in extra innings. It's already got a runner yes. on second base. Yeah, and yeah. Hey, got a two run lead. Oh god, yeah. this is desperation time. Yeah. Okay, and you know, and you know them, and I would assume the managers will be more aggressive in challenging the best players, the best relievers, the best pitchers. I mean, if a crummy reliever's in, I think the manager would be more likely to to say, "Wow." I'm not yeah. really sure. I'm not challenging this guy. Like we'll just leave him in and take our chances with him. It'll, it'll be the star relievers who they'll want to get yeah. out of the game. Yeah. But there's some nuclear deterrence here at work too, because it's like, okay, we know our relievers are also doing this That's and right. we don't want them challenging us. And we'll see how much uh, this changes things. And you know, you get in extra innings, you're already down. You're, you're down a number of members of the bullpen already too. So all of a sudden now you're kind of looking like, okay, well, they may have mm-hmm. to use a position player here in this yes. key situation. So yeah. it's how much does that win really mean? Um, yeah. So there will, and you're right that, that, that you're right that the teams themselves could police this to a certain degree by just not ratting on each other if they want to. But I think because the umpires can check the players themselves without mm-hmm. the team, like it's it's not like challenging an illegal stick in hockey or something like that where just right. everybody's like, let's just not do that. Um, even if the managers don't challenge, I guess the the that, you know, the umpire could still check the pitchers himself, but you're right. Like there could be like a little bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge scenario where a lot of managers are like, Oh, I got Jeff over there in the other day. I've been friends with Jeff for a long time. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not challenging any of his guys. I, he won't challenge any of my guys. Like let's just play some good baseball, this series and things like that. Or, you know, teams get mad about someone challenging and um, yeah, th- there'll be some gamesmanship in this for sure. What is an illegal stick in hockey? Too much curve, like yeah. too big of a blade what what too too much curve like too, too big of curve. a curve that nobody challenges it actually i think they changed the rule so now it's not a thing but there was a famous night this is my hockey trivia knowledge 1993 stanley cup finals the montreal, yeah. Cana- montreal canadians challenged an illegal stick scored on the power play and went on to win the game so it was a huge and then and then one i vaguely remember that swept actually. the series so there was there used to be that where if someone had a, a giant hook on their stick you'd you'd wait till them but you'd wait till like the most opportune moment you'd wait till they already had a penalty or something and then be like bam let's challenge it right now we'll go five on three like we know we've got this guy so yeah, yeah. well yeah and you do your scouting you, yeah you, yeah it's that's pretty interesting and then like you, too much you, curve what, what does that allow you to do is it get you more torque on it or it allows you to get the puck up better, but okay. like up high better. But that's more like an old wooden stick thing. Now that the okay. sticks are so the sticks are so good now compared to what they were like when I was a kid, that the mm-hmm. sticks are so great that like little kids with regular curves can put the pucks under the crossbar when they're like six, seven years old. Like when oh, I was wow. a kid, when I was a kid, you couldn't do that until you were like nine or so, ten. <laughs> and, and you couldn't do it with much force until you were older. So now now the the need to have a giant hook on your stick really isn't there because the sticks themselves are are made of just a totally different material so um yeah but and you're right but baseball players like they could they could time the challenge and be like hey we got the heart of our order coming up let's try to get them now let's try to get them out right now because we have the hitters to take advantage if we get them out right now so yeah i I think the whole thing's kind of interesting kind of fun from a fantasy perspective i think like you just have to watch from week to week and if you don't feel comfortable starting a guy because he's been going downhill since as soon as this was announced then We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamins. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. You don't have to cut them, you have to bench them. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, so you can replace a stick just like you can replace a starter, which is important. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, just a quick note that this uh, podcast is sponsored by the folks at WinBet, W-Y-N-N, Bet. Uh, we appreciate them. We're going to, uh, have more details on how to bet on WinBet shortly, but just if you have that chance, you already know them and winbet.com and you're already allowed to uh, bet on sports and where you live, please spot, please patronize WinBet. Um, all right. Lots of news. We, we kind of led with this story, but there's a lot of individual news right now, Fred, and it's not good. Tyler Glass now. We got to talk about this. Uh, he left the other the start yesterday uh, with an elbow issue, came back today, and there is some some issues there with uh, his UCL. Not just uh, tendonitis or anything, but this is this looks like it's pretty bad. Yeah, I would assume like it looks like he's going to be out for – Definitely like a long time. Well, it's a partially torn UCL uh, and a flexor strain. So he's going to try to avoid having surgery. That surgery could be Tommy John surgery, not necessarily, but it could be, but um, mm-hmm. he's going to try to avoid having surgery. Um, we'll see, but I, I think we're not at the point where you could drop glass. Now. I think you have to hold him because he's been so good. Um, I think you have to hold him. Prob- I'm assuming there's no way he's back before the all-star break. No, so, I I would say there's no way back in months. In July even, yeah. So, But yeah. I think maybe – I have no glass now shares. Uh, I didn't take the risk on him this year. I'm not saying that I was smart to do that. He's been great. So um, I think I would hold him, though, probably through the All-Star break and then just see – well, I'd hold him until I get more news. Um, I bet by the All-Star break, he'll probably have some news that he's either, like, ramping up 
and you know and there's something on the horizon or he's not at which point then maybe you drop him but i think i he's such a good pitcher that, that i think i'd yeah. have to hold him for now i like i just for example i just gave up on carlos carrasco and dropped him in, in a 15 on the yeah weekend. i think that's prudent i think finally like i just waited and waited and waited and who knows when he'll be back and how good he'll be um glass now was getting drafted around the same spot as carrasco before carrasco got hurt but then glass now has pumped his value up even more by just pitching so he was well. getting he was getting pumped up at the end of draft season too, absolutely um, yes absolutely late he march kinda, he was going yeah. early third sometimes yeah. even late second yeah uh and then yeah you know, and these, and then these like Memorial Day drafts, he was going even higher than that for good reason. I, I felt a lot of regret not using it, not getting him anywhere. I, I have zero shares of him anywhere. Yeah. 123 strikeouts and 88 innings. Brutal, brutal blow. Yeah. And this was all, but this was always the concern with Glass now. Like he hasn't mm-hmm. been a durable pitcher. He doesn't have a track record of putting up high innings totals. I mean, I feel like this year you just you can't do a victory lap when someone, when someone gets hurt because well, especially this year when someone gets hurt, you can't do a victory lap because so many players are getting hurt. So like, I can be like, ha ha Tyler glass now. And someone can be like, well, change explain Shane Bieber. Who's never, yeah. never really been injured. And now he is. So, but this was part of my concern with glass now. And that's one of the reasons that I kept his innings in my projections. I kept his innings pitched down because yeah. he is someone who has never done it before. So you just worried as the innings started to mount, like how he would go. That being said, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just crummy for the people who have him. And it's going to impact a lot of leaves because he's been so good that I bet there a lot of his teams are top three in their league. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and one of the things, I think you mentioned this prior to the podcast and not on it, but if we're repeating ourselves, I apologize. But, you know, this sheds a little, another little, perhaps another light on uh, the, the pendulum is swinging for some of those early pitching strategies that, you know, you know they had, they had avoided injury. They most... And most of the elite pitchers had stayed healthy and were elite, both and, and were elite. Now, between the ruling uh, with MLB and with this, we might have an issue. Yes, ab- absolutely. I mean, I, I did feel like there were some victory lappers out there on Twitter, like in May, saying, haha, we told you, like, draft all the pitchers early. Don't draft early hitters. They're all getting hurt. Juan Soto was hurt. And Acuna was briefly hurt. And all these guys, you know, that were getting picked in the early rounds. Lindor was off to a terrible start. And Freddie Freeman wasn't hitting for average and everything. Some of those things are still happening, but by the way, yeah. but. But Trout they were saying, is still out. Yeah. Trout is out. And they were saying, like, but they were saying, but all the hitters or all the pitchers are fine. But now here we go in a span of 24 hours. We've got Glass now out for months. We've got Shane Bieber out for some amount of time, and it's his shoulder. So, like, we don't know. And then we've got Max Scherzer out, which seems like a minor thing because he was kind of aiming to start later this week with his groin, and now a he's, groin injury. Um, yeah. So we yeah. could see Scherzer back by next week. Uh, but still, it's that's three pitchers three of the top 10 pitchers from draft season went on the IL or no, sorry, glass now isn't maybe three of the top 10 from the Memorial day draft season or yeah. so just went on the IL in the span of 24 hours. So there's a long road to go with these early picks and we won't know until really until September and October, like whether it was a good idea to take a lot of pitchers or a lot of hitters at the beginning of drafts. So there's just a lot of baseball left to be played in the, as you mentioned, the batting averages and the OPSs are starting to go up. So hitters who are healthy, they may, even if they, Juan Soto hasn't been awesome so far. He's been fine. Okay. Not awesome. If he starts to go on a tear, all of a sudden he may look a lot better than pitchers who were going ahead of him in those Memorial Day drafts. Right. Right. Um, and especially as the pitchers are getting easier to hit too. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's definitely one of those things. Uh, with Tampa, 
who are we targeting? Are we going to try to make like, you know, McClanahan's already up. Mm-hmm. Patino has been up, but he's not up right now. Shane Bass just got moved up to triple A. Are, are you like thinking about a speculative bit on him? Are you looking to see if they make a trade? What are you trying to, how do we at least try to find some angles here? Yeah. It's hard with the Rays because like, they're so likely to, you know, just whoever they bring up, like they're so likely to just have a short start or whatever, an opener. Like we really just don't know. It does cement some guys like McClanahan and Josh Fleming that, you know, Fleming has been an awful source of strikeouts. Um, I know you have some shares. So do I, Um, his ratios are good. So, you know, and then I also wonder with the Rays, like to what degree are they on borrowed time with Rich Hill? Like, like he's been awesome. (laughs) Lately, like everybody but, else that's used Rich Hill, uh, it's yeah. always borrowed time. I mean, that's right. So how long are we like, just enjoy Rich Hill while he lasts, but yeah. it's hard to imagine. It's hard, hard for me to imagine this continuing, like say into August, uh, maybe Michael Waka gets back in the rotation or, or starts getting stretched out to throw longer. I'm just pulling up his game log yeah. to see what it's been like lately. Like, so lately he's been going to two and two thirds, um, you know, throwing, He's got a 42 pitch game, a kind of 28 pitch game. Like I wonder if Waka, who was initially a starter and at the beginning of the season was throwing up to mm-hmm. 90 pitch, up to 90 pitches in his starts. Maybe they start stretching Waka back out. Maybe he goes back in the rotation. His right. next appearance is 55 pitches. Um, you know, he goes from 55 and he's quickly up. I mean, a couple of starts, he's up to 70 pitches at least again. Um, and Waka's is like, to me, like a little bit interesting. Like he was okay. 386 ERA in April. And then things kind of get some couple rough outings in May, and now he's in the bullpen. But we know the Rays handle pitcher, pitchers well. Like maybe Waka could be interesting again. Yeah, could be, could very well be. Um, and you know, could be him, could be McHugh, could you know, Patino, Patino could get the call yeah. again. Uh, they, they've they've got opportunities. I mean, yeah. there's a team that I feel confident in their ability to make do. Uh, it's the yeah. Rays. Now it, it, you might get to that point where it's just one brick in the wall too many, but they got through when all their, in, a lot of their relievers are hurt. They've got Fairbanks back now. They got Fireson who seems to be doing pretty good for them. Uh, Jeffrey Springs has had his moments. Kittredge has been okay at times. Same with Ryan Thompson. They've gotten by despite just a multitude of arm injuries in that bullpen. Uh, that, that's one thing about, I think it's kind of one of those things about how they manage their team and how they manage their pitchers is they put a bigger tax on their bullpen perhaps. Absolutely. And, you know, and they give them a variety of roles, like from one day to the next, like they don't, they don't Mm -hmm. have those set roles, like, um, you know, Castillo and Fairbanks have been kind of sharing saves lately, but I think you hit on something else with Patino. I think he'll be up soon and could be a big part of, uh, like, I, I know that when they optioned him, you know, they kind of said, maybe this is a little bit that he needs some time in the minors. Like it's almost a bit of a rehab, rehab stint. And he's being optioned, but I could see him being up and being a key part of, of their pitching staff. And then for us as fantasy owners, it'll be us figuring out like they haven't let him throw like five innings. So is no. he is he starting and throwing three innings? At which point we don't want him. Is he piggybacking off someone and throwing three innings? At which point we do want him. So um, because then he can get a win. So, you know, he, he's he's made five appearances, I think, this year. And in the first three or sorry, in in the first one he started, didn't no good. Basically, the opener he pitched well, but we can't get a win there. And then he had two 
where he followed the opener and he got a win in one of them, but then he made two starts and he didn't throw five. So we can't get a win out of him. So he'll be someone to monitor though. Cause he's pitched really well this year. And just, he feels to me like another really talented Rays find kind of like glass now, maybe yep. not on glass now's level, but kind of like glass right. now he was a talented guy. The Rays picked him up in a deal. They'll maximize him. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, okay. So we get the, the three, uh, three, the two pitcher injuries. We haven't talked about Shane Bieber that much. He got torched by the Mariners over the weekend Went on the IL with a shoulder injury. He's not going to throw for two weeks. And I got to say, I'm pretty nervous about this one. I'd, I'd be more nervous if I had more exposure to him than I do. I only have him in one league. But nonetheless, you know, it wasn't like I was trying to avoid him. I just didn't get him. And his whip isn't that great this year. You know, he's still getting the strikeouts, but he's not the same ace-level pitcher that he was. Oh, he's still an ace, but he's not the same, like, elite level that he was last year. Yeah, the strikeout rate's awesome. I mean, forget the wins. He's been fortunate. He's got seven wins in 14 games, but we all know that's a little bit fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, the ERA is good. Like the ERA 328 is like a little worse maybe than we were expecting from him, but not much. But the mm-hmm. 125 whip um, kind of makes me actually think of him actually in comparison to not 2021 Luis Castillo, but pre-2021 Luis Castillo, where Castillo was a really good fantasy pitcher who couldn't crack that like top seven or so starters because his whip's never low. So that was kind of what Bieber was, I think, so far this year, where like you, you can't be in the top top starting pitchers with a 125 whip. But um, but the strikeout rate was awesome. So he was doing great. Clearly something was wrong last start. Now he's shut down for a while. You obviously hold Shane Bieber for a long time if there's mm-hmm. any hope, any hope that he'll be back. And I think there is at this point. Uh, but now we've got you look at those big three. DeGrom's been obviously incredible, but he's had a little bit of injury. Cole is now with Bauer as one of the poster childs for like, let's see what happens now that they're cracking down on, on the substances. And now Bieber's out. So, you know, and then, and then you keep going through the the pitcher list from March. Bauer was next, you know, like, so there's a lot now. Scherzer was round two. Castillo was round two. There's a lot of them now where there's a lot of question marks with them. I, I think I was trying to think if there's an actionable plan with bat with Bieber, at least in a trades league, like would you ever trade for him at a major discount or would you try to trade him away and just maybe try to find, I would maybe consider if I had Bieber trying to find someone optimistic and just trade him away for a, like a mid round type pitcher. I like, I don't know if I would do that. I would think about it. I would think about it for sure. I think if I'm needing K's and wins right now, mm-hmm. then yeah, uh, let's, let's try to, go see how far down we have to go to do it but Bieber mm-hmm. if someone offered you Hinge and Ryu for Bieber that you take it pretty quickly right yep <sighs> I mean I would yeah I would I'm not the I'm not generally the Ryu guy but yeah I think I would especially if my team was already doing well right yeah. so actually I guess in either circumstance if my team was doing well I'd be like hey let's just plug this hole like Maybe I can live without Bieber. I can settle for Ryu. If my team wasn't doing well, then I might also say, like, I can't wait around for Bieber because by the time this guy's back, I might be in ninth. So right. let's get Ryu and hope hope things go well. Yep. Yep. And okay. Ryu Ryu. hasn't been great this year, but still. Uh, okay. Uh, let, let's – Sean Manaya. Another – he's had a lot of strikeouts lately, 96 strikeouts on the yeah. year. 381 ERA, 111 whip. What what do we think about him? Maybe is is compensation on either side of that deal. I think I could do better. So yeah. I think I'm gonna say I think I could do better. First of all, league size would matter a lot. So if I was in like a ten, because I know there's some people listening who are in like ten team, 
Uh, I wouldn't even probably do the Ryu trade because I can probably plug that hole from waivers pretty well with, with streamers. But I'm more thinking like 15 team leagues. Um, yeah, so like I just pulled up the Memorial Day ADP. Trevor Rogers um, went right after Ryu. Uh, would you take Trevor Rogers? Wow, he's been so good. Yeah, I, I think I would. I think I would too. Um, next yeah. pitcher, next pitcher was Freddie Peralta. Ian Anderson was also after that. Jose Brios, would you take them for Bieber right now? Brios, yes. And I'm not a Brios guy, but mm-hmm. I would. I think, I think I would take Peralta. He's he's doing what Bieber kind of was doing, striking out a ton of batters. It's funny. I just saw Peralta quoted right before we were starting our pod, and he was saying, you know, as long as you follow the rules, there should be no problem. Um, so. And it's interesting they're asking him about the new crackdown, like if he's worried about it there. So, you know, I, you know, I'm wondering, you know, it, it's kind of funny. Like here, here's a big black box is we don't know who who's you know, we, we see. You can look at Todd Zola's article, his excellent uh, Z Files article today talks about the spin rate guys um, and especially gains in spin rate. And he does it by pitch, which is pretty, I think it's pretty instructive, but I, I don't know. I mean, at the same time, that it might be one of those cases there where I, I, I still would be a little wary of like who's who's. Do we know that Trevor Rogers hasn't been using Spider Tech? Do we know that Freddie Peralta hasn't been using that? How much is it going to change? I mean, that that's the thing that makes it really difficult to incorporate injuries plus this other layer layer of uncertainty. Absolutely, I do love the players who have been gutsy enough to just come out already and say, mm-hmm. "Good, good. I don't use anything." go get those cheaters, right? Like I don't use anything. You guys go get those cheaters. Go ahead and test me. I do fine. I think Liam Hendricks said that already. And I was like, good for you, Liam. Like if you're not, if you're not using anything and and you're really confident, right. That you can be on the right side of all this, then just Mm -hmm. say it, say right away. Like I'm not using anything. Now maybe that won't play well in the clubhouse. Maybe some other guys will be like, Whoa, Whoa, what are you doing? Like I've been using stuff. Like, what are you doing? But I always I thought that was kind of ballsy for some of these guys to just say, "Hey, I'm not using anything. Go ahead and get these guys." Good for you, Rafi Palmero, and buy some yeah. uh, Viagra while we're at it. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, cheap shot. I had to take it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there is so- there is that actionable advice I think with Bieber Glass. Now you'd sell even lower. I think with UCL, oh. like I I would I would trade Glass now for Manaya in a heartbeat. Like I'd trade him for. Oh yeah. I'd accept Manaya easily. I'd, I'd have, I'd accept Bassett for him. I'd ex- I think I'd like accept like Desclafani, who's having a great year, but no pedigree. Because I think you're going to get one month of glass now at most. I think, so I was saying I, I wouldn't drop him yet. So I guess anyone who I thought, I, anyone I could trade him for who I thought could be on my team for the rest of the season. That's it. That would be my standard. Do I think this guy can be on my team yeah. for the rest of the season? Like even if he has a bit of a downturn, He's good enough that I, you know, like that I think I could use him. Like I wouldn't trade him for Rich Hill. I love love how Rich Hill's doing right now, but I think it's just so likely that I'm only going to get a month out of Rich Hill. So maybe yeah. I'll just wait, wait and see what I can get from Glass now. But anyone who I think if Dislafani is a good example, where someone who I'm like, okay, I, I I like how this guy's been pitching. I think I could have him on my team and use him most weeks for the rest of the season. He might not be special, mm-hmm. but he'll be, but he'll be part of the solution. I think then I. I think yeah. I'd go for it. And to be honest, I might wait a week, but then again, in yeah. a week he might be done. That's right. Uh, that that's the the fulcrum that we're uh, turning on here. I don't know, man. I actually I think I probably act pretty quickly. You know, now I think about it, right. I probably wouldn't wait a week on these guys. I wouldn't cut within a week, but I would trade. 
in a week, within a week. Right. Before. Yeah. I, I think making the bold move now. Yeah. It, it does make some sense. So I'll say this while we were recording, while you were, while we were talking, I made a Yahoo friends and family offer and I offered Zach Granke for Bieber. We'll see if the uh, if the manager accepts. Granky's been solid this year. His strikeout rate's not good. Oh, you're which, trading for Bieber or trading? Yeah, I'll trade for him. I, I I'm over my innings. I'm over my innings pace. So that's okay. my rationale in this whole one. I'm over my innings pace. If the person, I didn't look up the other team's innings pace, but I'm over mine. So I could get rid of Granky and maybe get Bieber for. Let's say I get Bieber for two months. I. I'm, I'm over impressed. my innings. I'm over my innings pace anyway, so I could get Bieber, put him in one of my IL slots. It may be a bad trade, but I know I'm going to run it at innings unless I have some pitcher injuries. So I made a bold offer. If the other team wants to turn it down and hold Shane Bieber and see what happens, I'm totally fine with that. I'm not going above that offer, but I think that one's pretty fair offer when we were talking about what you trade Bieber for. Yeah, you have an article up on Yahoo talking about trading a little bit there, knowing your mm-hmm. league and all that. Mm-hmm. So. Is the is the Bieber manager in your league is which, which type of guy is he fit? Which which one of these is is he fit? I, didn't, I don't know Ryan Boyer enough, so that's our Yahoo okay. friends and family Bieber manager. Okay. So I don't know Ryan enough to know um, which one he fits. But I yeah, yeah, that article is if so. I decided to just make the trade offer super quick, just right here in the middle of our podcast. But if I was going to take a little more time, which I guess I must have been should. rambling on and on for a, a you weren't. It didn't take very long. It didn't take okay. very long. I actually just while we were talking <laughs> Bieber, I wanted to pull up his stats. And right. I used our I used our league to pull up his stats. And then Smart. while while he was on the screen, I was like, you know, and you were talking about would you trade Ryu, would you take Ryu for him and all these? I was like, you know what? I can make an offer for him right now. And I sometimes I put a lot of thought into my offers, and sometimes I'm just like shoot from the hip. Let's just see what happens. But if I was going to put a little more thought into it, I would look at Boyer's team and see is he over his innings pitch pace um, or not? Because if he's not, he can't. Like if he's going to. I mean, that's people talk K per nine a lot in, in the innings pitch cap leagues, like our friends and family. But if you don't get to your cap, it doesn't matter, right? If right. you're 70 innings, if you finish 70 innings short of your cap and it's like, yeah, but I got all these like K per nine studs. Well, it doesn't matter. I can get to my cap and beat you in strikeouts with a bunch of Zach Grankies because I just, I got to my innings cap and you didn't. That's so, right. That's so right. we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also like Dalton's got uh, Tyler glass now. Cause of course he does. Um, so that, that, oh, that, I think Dalton has Tyler glass now in a lot of places. Yes. That's what I, I was the first roster I checked. Um, okay. he's actually already above 1400. So losing him doesn't kill him, but he also lost Kennedy recently, but, uh, he's got, I mean, he's got plenty of, he, he's, he's got plenty of pitching. This won't kill him because he drafted pitching so heavy. It's going to need, uh, it's going to need a lot more, I would say, before we, you know, we get to that. But uh, at any rate, uh, let's move on. Other injury news: the Blue Jays. You know, George Springer, minor quad injury. I remember in spring training, he's played four games. He's about to start a rehab assignment. Finally, though. Yeah. So th- there we go. And after all this negative injury news, let's have some positive injury news. George Springer yes. is close to coming back to join that very productive Blue Jays lineup. I would assume they'll take things slow after how they kind of had egg on their face after the last time he came back. Cause it felt a little like they rushed him to get him in the lineup to start making that contract pay off. And now, and then it backfired. So I would say he'll get a good week of rehab games. And then if everything's all systems go, maybe, maybe you could use them in your roster next week. That'd be mm-hmm. my hope. Uh, I think he could be like, but, but if he's healthy, hitting and I as we discussed I think two weeks ago I still think he'll hit leadoff um 
we'll see. He'll hit somewhere important. So you put him at the top of that lineup ahead of Guerrero and Bichette and uh, and Teoscar, like he could, he could, he could lead the American League and run scored from the moment he gets back to the end of the season. Like it could be that effective. Yeah, and the yesterday aside, that Toronto lineup is just mm-hmm. woo, lit yes. right now, yes. really, really on fire. Uh, Vlad Guerrero, I think, homered all four games of the Boston series, so he stayed on fire even when the yep. rest of the team kind of cooled off yesterday. Nadia Valdi, I mean, hey, whoa, great. what a neat. Desperately needed start from him too for the Red Sox. They, they really needed that step up because they just had a rough week against yeah. Houston and Toronto. Yeah, and the Jays have really struggled to put teams away. They've blown so many games lately. Their bullpen is just having like an awful, awful, probably three or four week stretch here. They had this awful mm-hmm. stretch where they blew games against Tampa and Boston. They just finished that four game series of Boston where they blew two of the games in the ninth inning. Like they, like yeah. last night they tied it in the ninth and then blew it. The first game of the series, they were winning like five, two in like the seventh or eighth and they blew it. Um, their bullpen is just killing them right now. Th- that offense has been awesome. The starting pitching has been fine. If yeah. that, if they can, they need to fix that bullpen sooner rather than later. Cause they have some ground to make up, but um, the rest of the team there looks really good. Um, we'll just see because the bullpen, I don't know. The cavalry is not coming. Merriweather still doesn't. I haven't, I haven't heard anything on that guy. And, and I'm around Toronto. I haven't heard it. Like remember how much fab was dumped on Merriweather. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and Romano and the still, week before, if you had an early yeah, draft league and yeah, and Romano the week after that. Yeah. And, and Dolice has been awful lately. Romano, I don't think it's a hundred percent Merriweather. They're not even talking about. So I don't think he's even throwing bullpens yet. So they're bullpen. Tom Hankey's not coming through that he door. Is. Dwayne Ward's not coming through that door. I, I thought in April that maybe Merriweather and uh, Romano could combine to be the the new Hankey and Ward this year, but no. Nope. But but alas, pitchers don't stay healthy anymore, so that couldn't happen. But I yeah, we'll see. But that offense is scary. They're being one of my maybe number one. Them in Houston are the two offenses I'm trying to avoid the most right now. Houston doesn't strike out, which right. makes me really want to avoid them. Yeah, Merriweather's is. Um, and you know, Merriweather could be back sooner than rather than later. Star Platinum says Merriweather yeah. is now throwing, so that's good news. Thank I did you see him get picked up in a league. Uh so yep. um, yeah, I kind of that's a hint that maybe it's coming there. But uh yeah, I mean it's I think and the the, the other problem for the Blue Jays and, a lot, and every other contending team that looks to add a reliever is who's out there? It's in an inventory. I mean, the most obvious trade candidate's Ian Kennedy, but now he's on the IL. Uh I think it's I think it's a hamstring injury though, not, not an arm injury at least. So, you know, maybe not a permanent shutdown, but uh, you know, it's hard to find good, good relief pitchers that are going to be available. You know, teams that are on not contending, trying to find those relievers. I guess Richard Rodriguez would be someone that everyone's going to try to trade for. I I think the key for teams will be getting, yeah, you're not getting studs. Like you're not, you're not going to get superstar relievers. Like, Oh, we've got a new shutdown closer. We picked up Mm -hmm. at the deadline. It'll just be getting useful arms. Like you could go to the Orioles, at some point and be like, Hey, we want Paul Fry and Cole Sulcer and we'll give you some prospect for them. And there's two right. relievers who both have, both have respectable ratios this year. Like I think the move for a team like the blue Jays isn't necessarily to get Ian Kennedy. I think it's to get like three relievers, like just right. three guys who are all, all healthy right now, all having, you know, an ERA in the threes or the twos. And you're like, Hey, now we can fill Nick. Now we can fill some innings, but I don't, you're right. I don't think we're going to see a lot of, teams go around and, and grab like these like a superstar closer off a team yeah. it'll be it'll be fine some of the teams though like you mentioned kind of like arizona's bad but all the relievers have been bad like they can't, you're not getting anything there like detroit's been bad most of their relievers 
have been bad. But maybe you go to Detroit and you get Cisnero and Michael Fulmer or something like that. And, you know, that I think that's maybe the way to patch up your bullpen. I don't I don't know. Some teams may have Fulmer without. You know, he's back. A, you missed him. Maybe back. he missed him on vacation. Oh. He just got back, but we'll see if if he can handle being back. Right, right, right. Okay, so, so fair enough. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I guess I missed out on that one. Oh, there. Rizal Iglesias. There's an underrated possible. The Angels have yeah. fallen out of the race. Iglesias is no spring chicken anymore. He's not old, but he's like he can be dealt. If some you know who's maybe a good match for Iglesias. Don't Cincinnati say that, Reds. Yeah. No, you have Lucas Sims. That he's your closer now. Right. Uh, don't have TJ Antone anymore. He's hurt. Although they say he's coming back quick. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I'm a little on the skeptical side, but yeah. I, don't I know. think you're Do you think your Reds will be buyers or sellers though? I guess a lot is still to be determined in that area. I mean, they're over 500. They're on a roll right now. Yeah. Finally. So. But uh, yeah. they also were super cheap in the off season. So I yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I mean, I think a lot of it hang th- this whole, uh, collective bargaining agreement is hanging over a lot of teams. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's going that might dictate a lot of it there. So uh, I think some teams are content to say, this is our team rolling out. You know, our improvement, our big traded acquisition is getting Antone back, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Getting yeah. Joey Votto back, who he is back with a vengeance. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I know no one, no one liked it, but me, but I, I kind of missed the expanded playoffs. I don't know if they need to expand it all the way to seven, but yeah. I don't know. I, I'm a hockey fan. I'm a football fan. I'm a basketball fan. Hockey has eight. Basketball has eight per conference, right? Like football's up to seven now. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that maybe I think it's, I, I kind of liked baseball teams that had winning records getting in the playoffs. And let's see, even if they're disadvantaged because of certain things that play all the first round on the road or something like that. But right. I don't know. I know it's not baseball tradition, but if you follow all the sports, you're kind of used to teams with winning records getting in the playoffs. Yeah. Thing is, I, I, I kind of am a fan of baseball exceptionalism uh, that it, mm-hmm. baseball was special. It was different. Now I didn't like like the giants Braves, where one of them, you know, that, that canonical race back in, I think mm-hmm. the nineties, where it was like one Oh five and one Oh three or one Oh five, one Oh four, something like that. And one team didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was too extreme, but uh, also like Marlins got outscored by 40, 40 runs last year and made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, they beat the Cubs, so yeah. good on them. But Who also weren't that good last year. They couldn't hit it all. Yeah, last year. you know, four four NL Central teams making it. Yeah, okay, and then none of mm-hmm. them winning. And same with the AL Central, three zero oh, and three, I think. Uh, so yeah, I just um, I want I want to keep you interested as in your Reds as long well, as course. possible, and I appreciate you interested in my Blue Jays as long as possible. Right. You know, don't don't give me an excuse to turn over to football you know, in the middle yeah. of training camp, like keep me going, give me a sixth playoff spot or something like that. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, I, I just, I don't want everything to be, Oh, it works in football, baseball, hockey, you know, mm-hmm. baseball is baseball. And it's baseball special. And the regular season is 162 games. It is a grind, mm-hmm. but there should be a reward for grinding all the way through. At the yeah. same time, I don't like seeing like a 95 team or 90 win team not make it either. So mm-hmm. I, I wish there were, yeah, you know, there's there's no way if you would just do instead of by break it down by divisions, just do the top records in the NL, the top records in the AL. Mm-hmm. I think I'd probably be more in favor of expanding it there, but yeah, uh, and not not rewarding geography or being in a weaker division. I think that's the thing that gets gets to be a problem there. Uh, you know, you 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 so far have won our Votto Kennedy deal. Kennedy's hurt now. Votto is hitting. Well. I didn't have Votto active last week though. You got remember he got activated. Right. I think at the beginning of the week. So I didn't have right. him active. So I have him active this week and he already had a good game yesterday. So 
We'll see. I mean, this is kind of like September last year with Votto. He had that three-day break and came back, and he was kind of different. Now, he, he's adjusting to life as getting older. He's attacking first pitches more often. He's trying, you know, he's trying to do a few things different, trying to elevate the ball a little bit more. Um, you know, it's just he, he's adjusting to age like we all do. Yes, absolutely. Hopefully he can keep this going. And I think it's a great, I think the whole Votto, he, you know, we made the Kennedy Votto trade and then we had a few people on Twitter be like, ha, there we go. Already Fred won that trade. And it's like easy, easy guys. It's a long season. I could be without Kennedy for the rest of June. He could come back and close for two weeks and then get traded. Yeah. And and then be a setup man, and I drop him. Like like I, like the Votto trade's gone fine, or sorry, the yeah, the Votto Kennedy, the Kennedy side's gone fine for me so far. If he gets back in short order, if I could get f- four or five weeks out of him as a closer before the deadline, and then we'll just see what happens. But it's just a good reminder that like it's a long, especially for those early season trades, it's a long season, and don't jump on like oh you won or lost a trade after two weeks or three weeks or something like that. So and Votto could hit. 15 more home runs this year, 18 more home runs this year, or he could hit six. Like, like he's gone yeah. in major power dry spells at times. So yes, he has. We'll just I'm kind of, too, we'll, too aware yeah. of that. As my favorite player, Votto yeah. is my favorite player in baseball. You exploited that knowledge of me. And, <laughs> That's uh, like my yeah. article. There you go. Yeah. That wasn't. I that am wasn't. the homer in that article. Yes. Yes, yes you were. Yeah. Yes. I was like, you have extra closers. How would you like your favorite player on your team? Done. Perfect. Yeah. So. We'll see. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's, yeah. it's, you nailed me. Uh, although I was going to offer that too, is the funny thing. Yeah. Uh, question from the list, listenership, but we'll, we'll hit that and we'll head out here. Uh, Jeff Whitley says, uh, "Who would you say are some of the toughest fancy experts to go against?" Oh, that's a loaded question. Yeah. Um, but hey, so, he, I'm glad he asked you. Obviously, he didn't care about obvious, me. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would say number one, Jeff Erickson. No, thanks. No. And then, so other people who I found really tough for the year. So I, I did often find Jeff Zimmerman really tough to go against, which is why mm-hmm. I partner with him in a lot yeah. of leagues right now. I always joke that I was never able to make a trade with Derek Van Riper, which probably means that Derek's really smart and hard to hard to play against because I could never he and I could never come to to agree on a trade. Maybe he's just hard to trade with. But I always found Derek um, was really tough to play against. Um, let's see here. Uh, so. Uh, I'll break it down by format, by the way. I was I'm about sorry. to say that. I found I find every year in our friends and family, Scott Pianowski just yes. destroys it. He is so good in that daily format. And I can't figure out I'm not saying I can't figure it out, but I don't know. And I think in the standings right now, he might have just passed me. He was right around me in that format. And mm-hmm. uh he grinds. <laughs> yes, Bless he you. does. Yes. Thank you. He uh yes, he does. So he like in that format, especially, I find him like really tough to take down. And um, I've never really thought about breaking it down by format before, but I, but it's, it's really relevant. So I struggle with that format. I always have, I struggle to do my lineups. I struggle to, I haven't picked up anyone good on waivers in that league hardly this year. I just, I never get them. So right. the Sunday fab run works way better for me. Yeah. Well, the funny, and that, that is, that is absolutely true. And, you know, it's not always that Scott's constantly online, uh, although that, that is part of it, but some of it is just, you know, knowing which, which fits this sort of type of game too. You know, I always find that, I don't know how often you play against, but uh, Rick Wolf, Glenn Colton, you know, the, as, as a team, and again, the partnership really helps, but playing in the, the AL only format, the, the Tout Wars type of format, I always find that they're every year they show up, they bring it. List is always pretty good in AL Tout. He's winning it right now, I think. Those two guys, th- those two teams are always strong. 
feels like. Uh, and they're good in that format. Other, you know, and of course, there's always the people that play in FBC. The thing is, I don't, I don't play against every expert. It's, it's really hard to now. It's, it's such a vast industry. You know, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's, there's so many guys we could, guys and gals that we could uh, mention, and you know, you know, and then leave out some really good players too. So I'll. I'll I, I don't want to kind of do a laundry list yeah. of everybody in the industry to either, but uh, yeah, off the top. So I've actually never played against um, uh, Wolf and uh, Colton Wolf. I've never, never just, and I never played against Liss. I don't think because they've always been an AL tout, and right. I've never been an AL tout. So yeah, like you said, there's people in the industry you've never played against. Um, there's people you played against like once or twice. Steve Gardner's always really tough to beat. I find yeah. he's always near the top of leagues. Um, I know there's someone I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, and this will bug me right now. Um, but who does log in the off season every year? He logs like kind of cumulative records of all of us in Tout Wars. Yeah, it's uh, it's Raswell. Um, Gray, I think Rudy and Gray right. from Raswell. Uh, that's not who it. I'm thinking of. There's someone else who I want to say his name's Josiah Tinder. I want to say Tindor, I want to say, but I can't remember right now because I just haven't communicated with him in a while, but okay. he logs like everybody's like Tout Wars and, um, and Labor and TGFBI, which I don't play. Um, he doesn't get into NFBC stuff, which is where some of the best players are. Uh, yeah, of course. Who just don't happen to work in the industry. And as we've talked about before, that's its whole, that's a huge obstacle is working in the industry and producing content and telling people what you're thinking while also trying to beat people in these contests it'd be i'm not saying it'd be easier but it's kind of easier to beat people it's not easier but it's different trying to beat people in contests when you don't have to write an article every week about who your favorite waiver wire pickups are or who you should be trading for or sure or what you know like that that's that's its own i've always had a lot of respect for the guys who can produce a lot of content and win or come close to winning these leagues year in year out because you're you're giving away your information Right. It's kind of double-edged sword because you're it means you're always thinking about it. Yeah. You're always like paying attention. You're always present. Mm-hmm. Same time, yeah. Every you know, you people might be consuming your content. Uh I kind of feel that hurts me more. Yeah, what is, it probably hurts me more at the draft table than it does right. in season. I don't know. I mean that that's a good question. I mean, it depends on what you do. And yeah, you know, I, I do talk about a lot of players, and maybe that's hurt me in the past, but I don't know how much. I, I kind of give credit to my competitors in the NFBC that they're doing their own work anyhow. And they've yeah. probably seen what I've already seen. Yeah. I'll always joke with Jeff Zimmerman because he releases, I think on Saturdays, a waiver wire article. And then on Sundays at like, now I'm plugging for him for his fan graphs. He does one of those like online chat sessions. I think it's eight 30 to nine 30 on Sundays. So I'll like set my bid. Have to be in early then. Yeah. So I'll set, well, Jeff and I will set our bids and then I'll be like, awesome. So now that we've done all this research, you can go over to your chat session and all the other guys in our league can just log in and be like, Hey Jeff, like, who do you like for this Sunday? But I don't think it totally works that way. I think, mm-hmm. you know, people are, people are giving them like th- this guy or this guy type questions and everything. But, but that to me, that takes a lot of guts to host a chat session half an hour before an hour, you know, an hour and a half an hour before the labor bid or the NFBC bids close when you've mm-hmm. got stake in the game. Like I think that's that's a really bold move and good for him for doing it because and it forces again, you to jump early too. I mean, well, it, just, it takes your, anyone, time to put them all in. And anyone in your league could go in and ask you questions. Do you like this pitcher or this pitcher better? And you're like, oh, I got both of those guys in my queue in the league with this guy. So 
but he does yeah. it and, and and he's honest about it with people so good for him but that's its own set of challenges a lot easier to do all your research and then not tell anyone and get all your guys so i'm playing against him in one of my two mains this year. go into that chat yeah. session there you go on sunday yeah, nights yeah. and just be like jeff tell me who to pick up i actually think it'd be out of professional courtesy i don't uh, i, I but, wouldn't do that either yeah and it's you know he does great work and i'm not trying yeah i do recommend you check him out he's he is really good his money in the news is awesome uh mm-hmm. you know he, he does great great work so nothing about that i'll read anyone's articles if anyone puts out an article or podcast i'll read anyone's article i'll listen to their podcast but yeah i've never gone to the like at directly ask someone in my league a question in a chat or something to try to glean information from them right right or try like what's he saying there oh yeah yeah. tell me what he said no yeah 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 i've never done that yeah all right. Uh, no more questions. So we're going to sign off for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Podcast brought to you by WinBets Online Casino. Uh, if you can bet on sports in your locality, please use WinBet. Uh, we will be back at you again tomorrow with the Prospect Podcast Wednesday night slash Thursday morning. We're going to get Joe Sheehan on the uh, baseball podcast with me and Joe. And then, uh, of course, two star stars with Todd and uh, Clay on Friday. Thanks for listening to us. Have a great day.